This is Savannah and Allison with Grace-Filled Chatter, where we talk about honoring God with our life, love, work, and relationships. Join us every other week for a little bit of wisdom and a lot of laughter. I'm not in a great mood today. That's no, always a good time. I'm not in a bad mood. I'm just in a... Eh. Mood. Is it the rain? I think so. Yeah. Because that was decent. And then I looked at that and I'm like, oh, really? Because it's a long weekend. I feel like you should be in a good mood. Yeah. I didn't sleep great. <laughs> but the rain, I mean, I decorated for fall yesterday, so I feel like oh. the rain just has like a, like the moody vibes and I'm into it today. But normally yes. I don't love rainy days, so I get that. I do. I usually love rainy days, but today I'm just like, oh. just not in the mood. But just, just came from the beach, right? Yes. So rainy is a very stark contrast. Yes. Because I was hoping it would be at least sunny. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Not only am I back home, I'm back home in the rain. In the rain, where it rains all the time. All the time. So other than your mood today, what was the brightest part of your week? I got engaged. (gasps) I was hoping that's what you would choose. (laughs) I did choose that. It was at a close second, but that one's probably better. Oh, yeah, that one's pretty good. So how did it happen? Um, He took me to the Lump Overlook, which is off the parkway. Mm -hmm. And he had gotten some of my friends to hide in the woods. Mm -hmm. And... um, he was recovering from COVID. I had just gotten it. So there's that fun part. And um, so he's like, let's go to the parkway. I've got binoculars. And I had a pizza in my hand. And so we started walking classy. up the... Classy. Classic. So we started walking up the hill and I was out of breath. Like, hell with the pizza from the gas station in my hand. I got up to the top and I just wanted to stop there because it looked decent enough. I'm like, oh, this is pretty. And he's like, no, let's go on down here. I'm like, okay, fine. And then we came up to this random platform that was sitting in the meadow. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> And he's like, why would someone leave a platform here? I said, I don't know. He's like, you think it'll hold us? I said, sure, maybe. Let's try. So naturally, he got up there. And so I decided, well, I guess I'll go stand up here. We started looking with binoculars at some random house across the way. And then he gave me the binoculars to look. And I'm like, talking about some random stuff. And he's like, what's that down there say? And there was a sign down there at the bottom of the hill that said, marry me, that he had painted. And I turned around, and he was on his knee, and he asked me. I like the binocular part. That's cute. It is cute. And so, of course, he's like, I love you, and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Will you marry me? And I said yes. And then, obviously. (laughs) I'm glad you said yes. This would be quite the bummer. It would be. And then um, we were hugging and all that jazz. And then he said, I'm sorry I didn't get anybody to take our picture. I said, it's okay, because that was my one request. I need someone to take my mm -hmm. picture. And then we were talking a little bit longer, and then next thing I know, he said, you got some friends hiding in the woods. And then here comes my best friend and her husband mm. with a camera and a and video. And they took pictures. And they took pictures, oh, and they had a good. video of it. It was sweet. That is sweet. Pictures are the important part. It's yeah. Not like the big to-do, but just yeah. having someone capture the moment. Yeah. And he said, that's a lot to ask. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> what I want. I don't care where. I don't care who. Sometimes I ask a lot, Okay. <laughs> So what was your bright part of your week? Oh, man. It's been a really good week. I'm trying to think what was the best part. Saturday, we went kayaking with the whole family. It's like it was really fun. It was a beautiful day. So we did that, and then we kind of came home, and like I had a chill movie afternoon and napped. I had a really mm-hmm. long run training for the race that morning. Mm-hmm. So it was, like a, it was just a good day of mm-hmm. like get your workout done first thing and then spend time with the family and then nap. So it sounds boring, but it was really fun. Man, I'm all about kayaking, so it's a napping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and then yesterday I had a quiet day at home where I just wrapped up in a blanket and read all afternoon, which was also really bright because I've just been really stressed lately. So those two days yeah, back to back. are so good. Uh-huh. They made me feel very rejuvenated That's today. Nice. And it's Labor Day. So then we have a whole nother day of rest. And I'm like, man, I'm so thankful for another day of rest. <laughs> Pumped. I might be turning into a lazy bum at this point, but, but like, I feel great. <laughs> it's all fine. I feel great. <laughs> I'm ready to do life. <laughs> so, let's talk about murder. Oh, I, I too love some murder stories. <laughs> we were just talking about a really good murder novel that I finished this morning, like a mor- murder mystery. So, it is interesting to talk about. It is. In that sense. It is. But, <laughs> what does the Bible the say best. about murder? <laughs> but I'm jumping back over to the Beatitudes. <laughs> Will you read what Matthew 5, 21 through 26 says about murder? Yes. It says, You have heard that it was said to the men of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be guilty before the court. But I say to you that everyone who continues to be angry with his brother or harbors malice against him shall be guilty before the court. And whoever speaks to his brother, Raka, which my thing says, you empty-headed idiot, you shall be guilty before the Supreme Court, and whoever says you fool shall be in danger of the fiery hell. So if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and while there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there at the altar and go. First make peace with your brother, and then come and present your offering. Come to terms quickly with your opponent at law while you are with him on the way, so that your opponent does not hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you are thrown into prison. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid the last cent. You empty-headed idiot. That's like <laughs> like um, Princess Bride-level insult. That's pretty good. <laughs> I knew that sounded familiar. Yes. Princess, yes. Yes. That sounds like something yes. they would say to each other. 100%. Oh, man. We were just talking about what the word rock meant, and we looked it up, and it was not that. Nope. Um... It word. was like worthless. It was like a super classy definition, and that is not a worthless classy Worthless contempt. And I'm like, you empty-headed idiot. That is so much more understandable. <laughs> it is. It sounds like something you would actually think about somebody. The other one was like something about feeling content for them, which most of us don't even know what that word means. No. But empty-headed mm-hmm. idiot, I feel like we've all thought that before. Yes. 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 So a little history. The first verse started with the words, you have heard it said. And the passage starts this way because Jesus is referring to the Pharisees who used to read the scriptures every day. And the Jews would come to those gathering places and listen to it read. They didn't have copies of scriptures in their home. They didn't all know how to read necessarily. So it wasn't something that they could dive into God's word and God's word given to Moses on their own. So they had to come to the meeting places for the Pharisees to read over them. And over time, the Pharisees just kind of got more and more perverted with their message and it became a lot more about lists of things you should do acts and the way your life should look instead about the heart uh, Mm -hmm. behind the commandment so that had kind of gotten lost over time so jesus is coming to say you have heard it said repeating the instructions that the pharisees had been reading from the commands that god gave moses because those are important and then he's adding on but i say to each one of these Sermon on the Mount kind of commandments yeah. that he's coming back with just to let them know like what the heart of each of these commands is about instead of what the Pharisees have made it sound like. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. 
Anyone who says Raka to a brother is answerable to the court, and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. Mm. <laughs> so that changes a lot from just do not murder, and we're all like, whew, yep, haven't murdered anybody Checked. yet. Good. <laughs> Check. Doing so great at this. <laughs> to like, oh, wow, angry. Okay. How many times am I not angry? <laughs> Even on myself. Yeah, right? It's like, how convicting does that make you feel instead of just do not murder? Especially the part that says, you're in danger of the fire of hell. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Yeah. And just that definition of Raka makes me laugh, too. You empty-headed idiot. <laughs> like, that, I feel like, goes through my head just when I'm in traffic, you know? When somebody makes a, dis- a choice that I wouldn't make. God, you empty-headed idiot! <laughs> Why are you? Are you using a brain at all? Do you have one? <laughs> And then I justify that with like they can't hear me because they're not in this car. Yeah. So it's okay for me to be saying these things. It's all fine. It's all fine. Except that (laughs) my heart is not in a good place. Not a good place. So I think it's easy to think like, what's the harm in that? You know, like I'm in my vehicle. Or I'm just talking to my friend about somebody. She's not gonna tell them. It doesn't matter if they made me mad and I'm talking bad about it right now because I'm not saying it to them. You know, like, we have so many ways to justify or like, why does it really matter if I'm not killing people? Like, But I think it's important for us to, especially as Christians, to ask ourselves, like, not how close can I get to the line without crossing it, as in murder, but to instead look at, like, what does my heart care about? Mm-hmm. What is my heart pursuing? What breaks my heart? Does that line up with God, or is it just trying to get really close to that line of sin and not cross it? And Jesus is after our hearts, and I think that's the thing we have to remember, and that's what he's calling people back to in these scriptures, is that he is pursuing us with an unending love, and we just need to turn around and accept that. Like There's a lot Mm -hmm. of times where we just go through life, and we're like, I'm busy, and your love is great, yeah, sure. And then when we have a really bad day, we're like, oh, I'm so glad for your never-ending love. And the rest of the time, we just kind of ignore it. Yeah. Instead of realizing, like, this is a relationship. This is a pursuit that needs to go both ways. So if he's pursuing our heart, we need to be pursuing his heart back. So that comes into our attitude toward other people. Right. And if our attitude is all full of all this negative crap, we're never going to build a relationship with God. Right, right. Because that is not in him, this anger toward people over Mm -hmm. silly things, which is usually what we get angry about. Right, right. So I think something that the Daily Grace Co. Bible study said that I really liked was if God is pursuing my heart like that and I need to acknowledge how he's pursuing me, we also need to realize that he's pursuing the people we're angry at in the same way. So if I'm good enough to die for and have his love pursue me, then so is that person that just cut me off in traffic Mm -hmm. or that person that said something really harmful or that person that got the job that I wanted or the person that he broke up with me for, you know, like whatever the situation may be and you're feeling anger towards someone, Mm -hmm. like it takes a lot of humbling to have that thought. Right. And I think if you don't have Jesus in your heart, you're absolutely never going to get there. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be able to think like that. Oh yeah, definitely. And the more you're able to not think like that, the more you're going to grow toward Jesus. So then when those situations continually come, because they will, you're going to catch yourself hopefully sooner than you did prior. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. I think it, <laughs> and I think that's as Christians, that's how we should respond to anger differently than everybody mm-hmm. else. Like we shouldn't be the ones who sound like everybody else. Instead, we should be like, oh, I have Jesus. And that means he loves that person too. And so my <laughs> anger right. can't be the same toward them as I necessarily want it to be. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think it's good that kind of going on what you said in the Daily Grace, it says it's a, it is a command to see other people as made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see murder as someone going around and killing people with a weapon, you yeah. know. But to God, it's any thought or action that destroys or tear down somebody else. Right. What I think is, is cool about that is that image of God yeah. mentality, especially when we're pro-life too, you mm-hmm. know, like if we're going to be preaching the image of God is imprinted on this child and we need to care about that, we also have to say the imprint of God is on that person that did something that hurt me. Yeah. You know, because if the imprint of God is on every single person, then we right. have to be pro-people. Right. And that means controlling our anger. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're also <laughs> sinful and they're going to make us mad. <laughs> right. Right. And it's just so hard to just look at it as in, oh, well, they didn't hear me. I didn't actually say it to their face, like mm-hmm. you already said. But that's usually when I murder a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm guilty of a lot of murder, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Yeah. In my head and in my heart. And I think being protective of people, too. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll say I'm not someone who gets angry easily. It takes a lot. But something that gets me every time is when people are like, picking on my little brother mm-hmm. or if someone's not nice to my sister mm-hmm. or if someone at church is taking advantage of my mom and they're asking her to do too many things and she's stressed and overwhelmed you know whatever the situation may be mm-hmm. those are the times I get angry yeah it's when you have someone that you love yeah. being taken advantage of and that I feel like we justify that too oh, I'm yeah. so bad to be like oh it's okay for me to feel this way because right. they're this is righteous anger right <laughs> right and I feel like the only righteous then, anger is against sin itself yes yes not against people no and I think spurring it on between each other is when it's bad too like right. you know that situation when your friend a guy's really awful to your friend yeah she's heartbroken you're talking about it and it's so easy, even as a Christian, trying to make your friend better to be like, it's okay, he's just a jerk, he doesn't deserve you, right. you know? And we're spurring each other on to that murdering of the right. heart Absolutely. because that guy has the imprint of God on him too. Right. And it doesn't mean that people did not choose harmful and dangerous actions mm-hmm. that hurt somebody because we do, we all do that. Right. So it's not that the sin wasn't in the situation, mm-hmm. but the person still is made in the image of God. Absolutely. And we have to remember that. In our emotions. They're a human being. They aren't what they do. Yeah. Which is hard because I've had a lot of people that have done some not so great things to me. And I still catch myself sometimes being like, well, they are just a blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, that's not very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, God. My bad. Yeah. (laughs) My bad. Oh, I've done that too. You catch yourself right after it comes out. And you're like, oh, yeah, that was not good. It's not pretty. (laughs) Gosh, and it's so hard sometimes to just stop with gossip. Yes. Because I've caught myself being like, yeah, talking with somebody else, one of my good friends, about somebody that's a good Christian but doing something they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, crap. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do that too. It's hard. And it's hard, and it's hard to hear something and be like, wait, what did they do? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. Curiosity spikes. Right. And then and then if they're really mad at somebody, you want to be mad at them too because they're your best friend. Right. It's like, well, don't tell me what they did. <laughs> We're not, we are not helping each other out with the anger of heart. Justification is so bad. It is so bad. I feel like we justify everything. Mm -hmm. Justify sin, including being angry at someone, even though we say it's not a sin, it's a sin, but Mm -hmm. we're justifying it because it's righteous. We justify everything. 
Oh, yeah. And we justify to each other. So it's yeah. like, oh, well, no, that girl loves Jesus, and she uses the same justification. So right. it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that also does not make it fun. No, it does not make it fun. And it it's not. hard to stand up and be the only one, too, yeah. which I think is part of our fear mm-hmm. because we crave relationships. So that's hard to be like, I know you're saying that this is okay, but I still feel like it's I don't not it okay, is. so I'm not right. going to do it. Like, that's hard when it's your close friends. Yeah. And you all are Christians right. because you may see things differently in that sense. And Right. And I feel like for me, there's been many times in my life where I've had like this anger or unforgiveness in my heart. And I'm like, man, it's fine. It's not hurting my relationship with God. And then a month mm. or two down the line, I'm like, I don't even feel God near me. Yes. You know? Not that that doesn't happen in general, but it's very it more adamant mm-hmm. when you are having a heart that is partial to God. Yeah. And I think the enemy wants us to see it as as not harmful. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, it's just a little thing. Just leave it there. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We believe that. We right. do it. And then later we realize it's become a much bigger thing. It's poisoned a lot mm-hmm. of us, which was his intention. And we let it happen yeah. right in front of us. Yeah. And how many things did you destroy, like relationships, relationships and plans and what God would have wanted you to do in those two months where you were so stuck on sulking over what happened or what someone said or what someone mm-hmm. done to you or didn't do. Yep. Yep. And yeah. then other times I think we get too busy to do like any kind of self-reflection with the Lord and let him bring up stuff. Yeah. And so then it gets, it festers and gets worse and worse. And then months later, like you said, you're like, gosh, why is God so far away? It's like, it's like cause you haven't sat down long enough mm-hmm. to spend time with the Lord and talk about what's going on in your heart. And that's hard. And that happens to me a lot. It's busy. Same. Mm-hmm. And I'll go like two weeks down the road. I'm like, why am I feeling so crappy? And yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, my bad. I have a good friend. So I've been reading in Isaiah lately. There's so many gems in here I didn't realize were here. I was texting someone the other day and I was like, who knew Isaiah was so great? Have I never read this before? Did I just not pay attention last time? I don't know. It's like all over the New Testament. I've, I've noticed that too. I'm like, what the world? I know. Isaiah's a brilliant book. Anyway. True. In chapter 30, Isaiah's like giving a warning from God to the Israelites. So in verse 9 and 10, it says, For these are rebellious people, deceitful children, children unwilling to listen to the Lord's instruction. They say to the seers, no, see no more visions, and to the prophets, give us no more visions of what is right. And then in verse 11 it says, and stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. So they're just in a point where they're like, I'm done. we like what we're doing, mm-hmm. we like our sin, please leave us alone. In our sin, we're having fun, you know, which we've all had those heart moments yes. of just being like, no, no, I'm enjoying where I'm at. I'll be fine. Please leave me alone. Me when I need it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Holy Spirit conviction, please be quieter because I'm enjoying where I'm at. <laughs> you yes. know? But then down in verse 15, it says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. And I love that because Mm -hmm. it goes back to us just resting with the Lord to just be quiet for a minute and see what's going on and do heart evaluations. Mm -hmm. That to me, I read that verse and I was just like, Oh, it is. Like, it is. It's so good. Repentance, like going, like just going over with the Lord, like what you haven't been doing well and what you want to grow mm-hmm. in and resting in quietness. And then just, I love just sealing prayers with trust, just being like, God, you are, you're good. You were the writer of the story. I am trusting you to write the story. I'm putting it in your hands today. Just those few statements at the end of my prayers just help me get on the right track for the day of like, yeah. yes, you're doing this, not me. It's your show, not my show. Not my show. Because I'm so 
quick to take it and make it my show. <laughs> yes. So I love that verse of just like a turnaround um, from doing your thing and enjoying your sin and being all in it to instead being like, no, quiet. Just be quiet. Quiet, peace, just And be quiet and yeah. let go and yeah. let God. Yes. Way easier said yes. than done because I'll sit oh, there yeah. in my quiet, being quiet, like and just staring and then being quiet and the next thing I know, it's like 10 minutes and I'm like deep in a thought spiral and I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. Oh yeah. And you're like, how did I get all the way over it's here? Like, <laughs> it's like, what happened? And then I'm really bad just sitting there focusing, waiting for God to say something to me, like, you know, audibly say something or like oh, in yeah. my brain and I'm like, well, maybe he's not going to say something. I'm just supposed to listen to the word of God, <laughs> you know? And sometimes I'm like, am I the only one that God doesn't talk to? <laughs> but I know he talks to me, like, through the word, like, knowing yes. what I'm supposed to do. But you get so caught up in just hearing about all these people, like, hear God, like, whisper in their ear. And, you know, uh-huh. not like, even not even not even audibly, but, like, giving you, like, a push of direction. Sometimes I just feel, like, stuck. I'm like, okay, I'm reading the Bible, and I've read the same thing, and I was, it will hear you talking to me. I don't even feel you nudging me. I'm like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Those seasons are hard. Those are hard. I've had, I've been in that for a while and it's like rough. You're like, okay, come on, Jesus. <laughs> I know you're here, but can you, can you push me? <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like those dry seasons are the hardest ones to get. Yeah. Which they're hard in relationships too. Like if you have a friendship and you get together and you're both just sitting there and no one's really talking and you don't have a anything to say and you're like what happened to us yeah and then like two months <laughs> later you're fine yeah. but you're like oh are we even friends are we even supposed to be friends and you're like why are no. we so boring those dry seasons happen i think we just get tired so yeah. maybe it's us maybe our ears just get tired of listening Trying. or something i don't know yeah. mm. Mm. Either. but it does happen for sure oh, it's true so question for you has being upset with anyone ever put your day on the wrong track all the dang time yes all the time weeks on the wrong track Oh, yeah. it. I mean, it wrecks my whole day. Like, yeah. I get to the point of being sick to my stomach and, like, the acne starts and the anxiety. Like, it, you know, I mean, yeah. it just spirals. Yeah. Like, from just having a spat with someone to, or, you know, it could be something bigger than that. Oh, yeah. Like, finding out something super terrible happened that you didn't even know happened and yeah. now you're upset with someone. Like, that can happen, too. But, yeah, it spirals out of control. Oh, and the anger just gets worse the more I go over it in my head. And then I get make people angry at me throughout the day because I'm a butthole. Oh, yeah. And then I snap at people. It, oh, yeah. It's bad. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It it's usually bad. the days I'm working when all my coworkers are like, what's wrong with Dr. Sheets? Is there a, <laughs> details about the... Is it a lie that's that little weed that starts growing and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger every time he tells a lie? I think that's what it is. But that's how I feel with my anger, too. It yeah. starts out as this little tiny seed, and then it becomes this giant weed that's taking over the whole <sighs> the whole life of mine. It's true. My whole <laughs> life is weedy. <laughs> weedy. Big, giant weed. Oh. Anyway, that's why I feel like Jesus went from anger is equivalent to murder when it wrecks your life and messes with your heart straight into the next instruction that says to not let any bitterness or anger with someone else remain in your heart when you go to talk to God or to worship because if it stays it festers Mm -hmm. but if you deal with it the healing can start so again it takes that moment of like Okay, resting with God and being like all right this anger is serious serious (laughs) and you have to like actively like do it because if you start praying and you're like God I need you to help you help me and you Think about what they've done, and then 10 minutes later, you're in a spiral of what they've done and what you should have said. <laughs> I've done that. you got to be active. <laughs> With me, Take it away. Like, it's usually more like, um, God, I'm so mad. I 
I start yelling and then I slowly get quieter and quieter. The more I talk to him, the more I like hear myself. And you're like, you sound ridiculous. You're like, wow, this is just a lot of emotion, honey, for something that wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> Like Guilty. Down. Guilty. Yes. So it helps. But still, I think, like you said earlier, we just can't pretend like it's not there or pretend right. like it's not an issue and then try to go worship God because it's going to get in the way yeah. of us to Him. Because it always comes up right in the middle of when God's trying to really get to your heart, like in the middle of worship. Mm-hmm. And then you lose it. You lose God. Yeah. You're like off in your own Or you world. start singing and then, yes, like yeah. your church starts singing and then all of a sudden you realize you've been thinking about that situation yep. the entire time and not mm-hmm. focusing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It happens. Yep. yep. <laughs> so let is one of those words in the Bible that's at the beginning of so many commands. Mm-hmm. And it simply means that we have to make the first step. Like you just said, we have to sit down and be intentional and be like, hey, this anger is a problem. Savannah, stop it. <laughs> we have to let go of it. We have to yeah. let God's peace fill us instead. We have to let his forgiveness fill our mm-hmm. hearts. It's all our choice. Yep. Like it, it's not just going to happen. We have to initiate have to the like. Yeah. It happen. Yeah. yeah. We have to let go. Because yeah. sometimes we like to hold on to the anger. Oh, it feels yeah. good. You mm-hmm. feel justified. You mm-hmm. feel powerful. You feel in control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know who did what wrong. Wasn't me. I know. Yeah, make it a wasn't point. me. I'm gonna let make sure everybody knows the truth of the situation yep. and what happened. Yep. Yep. And you're like, oh. But that's all of us taking the reins and being like, I'm gonna handle this. Yeah. So it takes the letting go of that too, and being like, I don't need. That's so hard though. The pride. Of, oh yeah. We want to be prideful and in control. Oh yeah. I love. I love being in control. I love being prideful and in control. <laughs> I love being prideful and in control. <laughs> For real though. So why do, why do you think we like to hold on to it? Like it just said, we like pride and control, but... Because I think it makes us feel... We think it makes us feel complete. Yeah. yeah. We think it's what we're supposed to do. We think that that's what's going to drive us and keep us righteous and keep us justified and keep us... Oh. There's a strength to it. I think mm-hmm. it's a fake strength, but mm-hmm. it almost seems like if you just walk away quietly, you look like the weak one in the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all about how you appear in the situation yeah i think we want others to see us as handling it the right way when in reality the right way is not god's way Mm -hmm. according to the world the right way right right i agree i think we feel like we need to win yeah yeah (laughs) and sometimes that means being the loudest or having the best argument like Mm -hmm. there's lots of ways that we feel like we can win yeah but walking away humbly and letting god have it is not really what we view as winning yeah Right. So I think that we sounds like a big loser. Part. Yeah, <laughs> it's our loser. That's what that sounds like. It does. In one of Levi Lesko's books, he talks about how we choose to talk to ourselves and the impact that that makes on how we respond to life. <laughs> he talks about his inner voice, and he kind of gives these two comparisons. One is like, imagine a really amazing sports coach that is always like showing you your weaknesses in a kind way, and then showing you how to build them up. So like running is not your point, but if you do this, this, and this exercise, it can be one of your strengths, right? Mm-hmm. Or imagine like a parent who's just a terrible disciplinarian oh and only comes in and yells at you for everything you did wrong and never is there with the encouragement, <laughs> you know, when you mm-hmm. need it. And so he's like, imagine those two voices. Now, which one are you to yourself? <laughs> I used to be the latter one 99% of the time. <laughs> now I think it's half and half. On a good day. I think for 
women, it's really common for us to be that extremely negative. Yeah. You're a worthless idiot. Yes. Yeah. Or like you look in the mirror and you're like, oh gosh, what are you doing with your life? Yes. Do you see this? Yes. Yes. And then you voice what you have thought out loud. Yes. Like I was voicing my opinions to Jordan and he's like, what are you talking about? What are you looking at in the mirror? <laughs> I know. I know. It's so true. So anyway, he talks about how this inner dialogue like, you need to figure out what it is. Because people are like, oh, I don't have an inner voice. You do. Like, what oh, conversations are going on in your head uh, all the time? Especially if it's a woman that says that you're a liar. Yeah, right. That wasn't nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> if this man writes his book and talks about it, then, like, surely they can relate yes. to you. But for women, most certainly. Oh, yeah. There is dialogue all the time. So, like, what are you... What are you saying to yourself? How are you talking to yourself? And then, how does that relate to anger? Like, are you mm. spurring yourself on... To feel more anger toward people, can you change that inner voice? Because that's kind of what he gets to. Mm -hmm. His inner voice, he actually talked about it, was dealing with anger a lot. It was a lot more aggressive and angry than he wanted it to be. So once he kind of got to where the anger was coming from, it was a lot of how he's talking to himself. And he had to figure out how he wanted to talk to himself and then start changing the dialogue. And then different things started coming out of his mouth down the road because he was changing what was going on in his head. Mm. I thought that was so powerful because with anger, it is. Sometimes we don't have friends to call right away and we're just in our head. So like what's going on in your head and how are you thinking about anger and the situation and how can you do it differently? I usually make my situation so much more worse than they are. So much worse. I'm bad about it. Sometimes I'll be like crying over something stupid. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, my bad. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me. I do that too, and I'm not super encouraging of myself. I'm not either. Sometimes, I mean, you know, I can finish an art project or something that has no significance and be like, oh, girl, you're killing it. Or like bake some <laughs> dessert or something. Like, this is so good. But most of the time, it's extremely negative. Oh, 100%. Nah, this could have done this. This could have been better here. This could have been, this tasted awful. I think it was good. No, it sucked. It sucked. No, it was definitely needed so much improvement. I just, <laughs> whoo, I don't even know why I tried. <laughs> we're, the, we're the worst. Yeah. Like if our friends could make the exact same thing the exact same way and it tastes the exact same and we would love it. <laughs> And that's something Lee Valeska brings up. He's like, if you wouldn't say this out loud to your friend, then why are you saying it to yourself? And it's so true. It's so true. We would never say that to our friends. We are the worst critics. We are. We are. So, inner voice dialogue is a very important part (laughs) of changing your heart attitude and your anger. Yes. So, the summary of Jesus' words on murder are to focus on what's going on in our heart. How we're thinking of other people. How we're seeing them if we're seeing them made in the image of God or if we're seeing them as hindrances to our success or annoyances or those people we just have to talk to every day because they're in our workplace. Yeah. Or if we're seeing them as people that matter to God and that he's pursuing with love. And so we need to see them as valuable. And I think having all of that inner dialogue about other people to ourselves will change how we how quickly we get angry Absolutely. and how we respond to their imperfections mm-hmm. and their sin because we're all going to sin the point is not to eradicate that from our relationships necessarily because we can't control other people but to control our responses right that's to hurt and disappointment and rejection that's absolutely absolutely rest in god yep let's pray out the episode with this hey god we thank you so much for your word and your concern about our hearts and where we're focusing our time and our attention and our words. And we pray that you would help us to strengthen our view of other people, help us to see them the way you see them, 
break our hearts for their hurt and their pain so that we'll see them as people instead of just annoyances or things that get in our way or the bad guy and help us to see them as people that you died for and that you care for so that we can control our tongues help us in our minds to think the way you do to see life the way you do to be forgiving to ourselves and to other people the grace would just be the cord that runs through every thought we have so that we can be more focused on you and your kingdom and how to spread your glory here in our day instead of how to be successful or how to make ourselves look great. And that we would see murder as something that happens in your heart long before it happens with your hands. And that we would not see other people who commit murder as worse than ourselves, but that we're all guilty of feeling prideful and feeling anger towards someone else. We thank you so much for your word. And we pray that you would go into our week and help us and strengthen us every day to be light sharers of you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Bye, guys. Bye.